Certainly doesn't feel like autumn yet, but football season is underway. The leaves will be turning soon, the kids are back in school, and before you know it, the holiday season will be here. If you're stressing over your budget or find yourself worried about your debt, please know that the Sharp Mortgage Team is here to help you. With all the equity you have in your home, now is the perfect time to do a cash-out refinance, pay down your debt, and have money for the holidays. The Sharp Mortgage Team is happy to talk you through all your options without any commitment. And the review of your refinance options is complimentary. Sounds like it's worth the conversation with their team to see if a cash-out refinance could change your life. Call them today, 336-575-9448, or visit sharploans.com. That's sharp with an E at the end, sharploans.com. This is the Triad Podcast Network. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode here on the Triad Podcast Network. We are talking money and finance and savings and budgeting, all different topics that we love to explore with our certified financial planner, Jennifer Johnson. Uh, Jennifer, we've talked a lot about, boy, I feel like we've been talking about student loans ad nauseum. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, we're, I think we're, just, we're just over it. We're over yeah. talking student loans. <laughs> That's right. I think people that listen are over listening to it. If they were to see that we were talking student loans on an episode, they'd probably skip right through just it. Just delete it. Yeah. So we're going to talk about, it is going to involve money and college, but we're right. taking a different approach than loans and financing your experience in college. Today, we're going to talk about actually managing money if you're in college, right? And and mm-hmm. the way to to mm-hmm. kind of prepare a, a, a someone who just maybe moved into college, or maybe you have a rising senior that'll be going to college next year. Right. Uh, this is going to be something that hopefully uh, parents or people that have a, a college-age student in the home uh, will hopefully be able to pass on some advice to to them and think about the best ways to prepare them for for managing dollars when when they get to college, right? Yeah, that's right. I guess we could leave the topic totally behind um, <laughs> because this is for ideally, as you say, for the incoming college student. I, I guess it's 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 go to college time, right? Um, so you hear a lot of talk about that. You know, it's move in day. And then I've got a, a rising high school senior, too. So it's definitely on my mind because I'm looking ahead a year and know that, you know, that's going to be us dropping her off in a year. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, just couldn't help but think about those folks going off for the first time. Think about my own experience, you know, going off to school and, uh, you know, some of the pitfalls that might be out there for somebody, you know, today going off. And also, I think an opportunity to get people started on the right foot. I just think it you know, it makes a big difference how they get started. These habits and, and these, you know, possible mistakes can follow them for a long time. So I just couldn't help but make that the topic for today. Yeah, I, th- I think we need to have some sort of a punishment in this episode <laughs> if either one of us mentioned student loans throughout the episode. <laughs> okay, now, okay. yeah, we'll said. do like a rubber band on the wrist or something yeah, and like yeah. have to snap ourselves. But I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll get you I'll get you like a, a, a remote device that sends an electric shock okay. in, in, into me if I mention <laughs> that. <laughs> okay, okay. Hopefully we'll have to do that. I mean, the goal really of today is to uh, keep us all out of debt, really, right? Yeah. Uh, so... So that's that's the plan anyway. And, and yeah. we're, we're not too, too worried, I guess, about student loans here. Um, I mean, though, we do talk a little bit, I guess, about financial aid and what to do with those funds. But 
but more about, you know, learning how to manage money, you know, the, the things that you and I do every day, the mm-hmm. college students now going off, you know, this may be the first time that they're, they're having to manage, you know, debit cards or, or checking accounts or things, you know, on their own. I know it was for me, really, as I prepared to leave, you know, it was how to, how to manage your checking account. And right. you didn't even have some of the things that are out there today when I went off to school, but so it's probably the first time at least navigating that kind of on their own. So I thought maybe we'd cover some some things I would say to avoid some a list of kind of don't do these things. And then maybe some things, you know, things you can do, some opportunities, things to make sure you, you definitely do. Yeah, well, let's 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 jump into it. So let's say you've got a rising college student who, you know, we're this coming weekend from our recording will be at a, when a lot of uh, college mm-hmm. students move in for their very first semester, mm-hmm. or maybe not not their first semester. Um, so let's say they just spend an entire summer, an entire school year, their senior year of high school, working and saving, and yeah. and making sure that they've got money to spend when they get to college, mm-hmm. or maybe yeah. they they haven't done that. But as as we know, and a lot of people know, when you get to college, you've got your meal plan and things that are that are paid for, and your balances, right. but. Yeah, you're still going to need to go to the grocery store. You're still going to need to buy clothes. You're still going to need to buy right. regular items uh, throughout the time. You're going to want to have spending money. So uh, let, let's talk mm-hmm. about some of the the pitfalls we want to make sure that people avoid um, to so that they don't get the college experience started off with uh, with some poor financial habits. Yeah, yeah. I, I was talking to my sister about this too. So she's a little bit younger than me, but we've both been out of college for a while and. Yeah, we both went to Chapel Hill for our undergraduate, and and there it was kind of isolated. I mean, there was a few things you could walk to, you know, but you typically didn't have a car. You really weren't allowed to have a car, you know, your first year, at least not on campus. So I think during that time, that prevented some level of spending because you, you didn't buy things so much on the Internet then. Uh, we were talking about that and how today it's probably so different because things can be ordered, you know, so easily. You can use your Uber app to get around. So it's probably a very different experience for those folks. Um, and I thought back to to my own experience. So I remember this probably was our first semester, I'm sure, probably within the first couple of weeks, they were giving out um, t-shirts if you applied for a credit card, hmm. um, which I think is probably illegal now. <laughs> but at the time, you know, I remember you know, a few of us applied for a credit card, you know, just to get a t-shirt. Probably three of us, if I recall correctly, probably did that at the same time. You know, at least one of them I know struggled with that, Um, got into kind of a little bit over her head. So my first don't, it's don't get a credit card, you know, just to get a free t-shirt. That's not, not a good um, a good carrot to dangle in front of you because as we've talked before, a lot of people really struggle with those, right? And I think mm-hmm. especially being off on your own for the first time, it's going to be easy to to order stuff for that new dorm room, you know, go out to eat, um, you know, find other things to buy in this new experience. And you know, the interest rates can be really high yeah. on those credit cards, especially for new new borrowers. Um, can really be can be kind of a burden for something something you're paying for for a really long time. Yeah. So, I mean, what 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 are those credit card averages right now in terms of yeah, interest rates? 
Yeah, they're they're really bad. I mean, rates one in general are up. I think credit card rates have always been high. Um, Lending Tree reported just as recent as last month that the average interest rate for a new credit card is twenty four point two four percent. So super high. I mean, it's the kind of thing if you ran up a balance and couldn't pay it off um, before that thirty days, you know, especially on a, a college student with little to no income. You know, they could be paying for that for a really long time, yep. um, interest and, you know, other fees perhaps. And so for a lot of those folks, I would say a debit card, you know, might be a better option. And and if, if you're going off to school and you're listening to this, you know, definitely keep that in mind. If if you've got a student, you know, going off, now's definitely the time really to talk about that, talk to them about that. Make sure they understand the difference between a credit card and a debit card, and understand some of those dangers, especially of credit card interest and how that can really follow you for a long time. Yeah. So credit cards, I mean, no matter the situation, whether it's college students or even people that are much later in life, credit credit cards are rarely going to lead to positive outcomes. True. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they're always they're always True. risky. So I mean, are we talking debit card as as the better option? Is that really the the probably the where they should focus if they? I mean, look, we we know that cash is not something that people are using as mm-hmm. much anymore. So, right. if you're going to go card route, I would think debit cards the the much better play here, right? I think so. I mean, I think as we've discussed before, you know, the debit cards do in many ways limit the spending. I mean, you're but you can go over, you know, you can go over the balance in your checking account. And so then you're going to hit some overdraft fees. And if, if, you know, kids aren't really watching it, you know, it can easily, easily get over the balance or go negative. Um, even if maybe they've got money in savings, you know, that they could transfer over, or they could still rack up some fees. Um, they're also a little bit more danger if the card is, is used fraudulently. Mm-hmm. Um, typically, you know, your credit card, your liability is limited to the first $50. Um, and maybe not even that if you notify the credit card company quickly, but debit cards, you know, once, if you have a, an unscrupulous person, you know, get a hold of that, they really have access to your checking account, mm-hmm. um, in a way that's a little bit more dangerous, but, you got to weigh that, I think, and kind of know know yourself or know your child and and know um, what they could, you know, what they can handle and what they can't. You know, if it's if they're a bit more impulsive, um, you know, and I've got two kids, one is a lot more impulsive than the other. I would worry a lot about one um, having a credit card, at least at this stage. You know, she may be different when she's older, but I think. I think you have to weigh the danger of one versus the the other. And if you feel like your child's very impulsive, I would be really concerned about going on the credit card option. I think a debit card that you can keep an eye on as well. Um, yeah. It's going to be a better option. Okay. So here's what I'm really interested in because these are much more part of the conversation than they were maybe as, as recent as, three to five years ago. It's it's the mm-hmm. digital payment apps. It's, yeah. it's Zelle, it's Venmo, it's Cash App. I use right. I I usually prefer Venmo if I'm if I'm transferring money or paying yeah. for something. Um, you know, I went yeah. to uh, I went to this event that was hosted by by Aperture over at the Foothills Tasting Room a uh-huh. couple week couple right. weekends ago. And they had a stand selling popcorn and the two options to pay were either cash or Venmo. Mm-hmm, and I, mm-hmm. I didn't have any cash on me because I never have cash sure, on me. And, and, right. Uh, I was like, oh, good. I can just 
Venmo you the money to to the right. companies to the Aperture um, Venmo account. And so mm-hmm. I'm really curious to hear your advice or or just things to be cautious of when when college students and they you know they will they will use right. these apps. Um, but uh, what are what are some of the warning signs for for these? Yeah, I think I think there's several. I mean, one, um, some of them allow you to store a balance, you know, in the app. Um, and I think you have to be careful with keeping too much money in there. For one, there's there's not the FDIC insurance that you might have at your bank. So if you had the parent company go into some problems, you know, you wouldn't have the same level of protection. Mm. Um, so that's something to be aware of. They may not be paying you interest on those balances. And then also you want to be really careful about any transactions because you were just talking about protections, you know, credit cards versus debit cards. You know, typically if you process a Venmo payment or some other type of payment, it's super difficult, if not impossible to reverse it. Right. I mean, so the beauty of them is they make it very easy and simple to transfer money, you know, between individuals even or between like a small organization that would incur, you know, a fee for a credit card transaction. But there are some dangers there. And that's important, I think, for people to understand. And especially, you know, a a young person may not have some awareness of that. And just to make sure they're they're aware, hey, you know, you're not as protected. And if you once you process that, you it's not something you can easily undo. I I was really surprised to learn uh, that last year, 2022, $893 billion changed hands on those digital payment systems, like you mentioned. A lot. Uh, $893 billion. I I don't know how that rivals, you know, things like cash or other methods of payment. I don't know if we have good data on that, but it's a lot. And it's typically people ages 18 to 29. Yeah. So it's right in that college student window um, where people are using those. And I think that can be okay. I mean, it can be very convenient. Um, you just, just again, you, you've got to be a little bit wary, a little bit careful. And I would also be careful about you know, I don't, I don't see those as an alternative to a traditional bank, if that makes sense. So you yeah. want, you want your banking relationship and those are a way maybe to make those transfers, but you know, you don't want a, a bunch of your money, you know, in, in one of those, those apps um, just cause it, it, you know, it may, it's not protected, you know, in many ways. And it's, it may be, you know, you may be selling yourself short on interest and interest rates have gone up. That that's a really good point about, the money not being protected with FDIC the same way it would for a bank. So because yes, you can store balances in these apps, but you can also just tie them back to your bank account or your card just to make, just to use it as a pass through. Um, Because I've, I've seen almost every time I use Venmo, I get some sort of a message after I make the transaction. Hey, you're eligible for this Venmo card. Um, right. Which yeah. is kind of what you're talking right. about. And Apple is the same way. And right. I, I just, I, I try not to mess with that kind of stuff. And and I, mm-hmm. my, mine is usually just set up as a pass through from, from my accounts that are right. stored with, you know, reputable banks and secured and insured and, and those kind of things. Yeah. I think, I think that's the way to go. And, 
you know, especially people that are, are starting out fresh, now's a good time to just make sure you're, you get that good banking relationship, you mm-hmm. know, get a bank that's as the services you need and, and good kind of services versus, you know, fees you might pay and then use these things as you, as necessary, but, you know, don't use them as a replacement, you know, for your bank. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I promised that we weren't going to mention this, but we're not going to mention it in the way that we normally do. But we won't use the L word, right? Yeah, we'll say we'll say financial aid instead, That's right. of, the, instead of the L word. Um, I, I didn't I didn't realize that this could be a thing, but um, I guess some people might look at using financial aid for things that maybe they shouldn't. Is that true? Yeah, you know what will happen is the. Um, the financial aid or the cashier's department, maybe at the school, um, if you get grants or loans or, you know, or scholarships that are in excess of your tuition and fees and in room and board, you know, they'll give you a refund or they'll give you a payment for that overage. And the intent certainly is for, for the student to use those for things like their books. Um, I guess if they're not on, on campus housing, you know, for their, maybe for their, uh, their uh, lease or apartment lease or some other, room and board. Um, you know, but the danger with that is, you know, if, if you get that check, it can really burn a hole in your pocket, you know, especially if you're not used to that when it's meant to last at least that semester. Right. And so for somebody that's not used to managing that it can be really tempting. There's always something to buy, you know, where they use those funds for something else and then they don't have money to buy the books or whatever they were, they should have done for their essentials. So, so I think that's really important, you know, to especially if that payment's going to the student, um, you know, make sure they're aware, you know, that they, they they're going to need to manage those funds, you know, and figure out a plan for them so they don't burn through them in the first 30 days. Yeah, that's interesting. I had not thought about that. That's that's a new one and, mm-hmm. and really good advice because, yeah, you could get this refund check for whatever your aid is, if it covers more than your than just the tuition. Um, or maybe the books, um, you think, oh, I could use this for, for other things. Right. That's, that's, right. A, that's a dangerous game. Who's ready for movie night? Our friends at the Ginther Group Real Estate are proud to sponsor this season's Innovation and Cinema at Bailey Park in downtown Winston-Salem's Innovation Quarter. The original Mary Poppins on August 12th, Space Jam A New Legacy on September 15th, and Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone on October 20th. Bring your chair or blanket to Bailey Park for a great night of cinema from Aperture, beverages from Incendiary Brewing, and food from a variety of local vendors. These magical movie nights are made possible by The Ginther Group, the real estate experts we trust and showcase right here on the Triad Podcast Network. Make sure to check their social media for detailed info on each movie night. And for your real estate needs, call 336-283-8689 or visit theginthergroup.com. Buying, selling, investing, or just learning, whatever you need, start now. And like me, you can become a Ginther Group client for life. So we've spent spent a good amount of time telling our listeners, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, don't Mm -hmm. do that. Right. Uh, (laughs) How about some things we say, hey, you should do this. Here are some do's when it comes to uh, the the finances of being a college student. That's right. I mean, so here's maybe four things to do. 
um, not quite as negative, right? So, so somewhat related, though. My number one is to track the spending. Mm. Um, we've already talked about electronic payment methods and how easy that is to to make making payments. It's also easy to kind of not be aware of what you're spending, and that applies for college students and for us all. But I think I think especially if you're not used to it now is really good time to get in the habit of frequently monitoring your accounts and monitoring payments and charges. It's something, you know, parents might need to jump on with them too, especially I think early on, make sure you have visibility into their accounts, whatever their account they're using and, you know, an opportunity to kind of intervene if you see that trending in the wrong direction or, or, um, you know, or you see, see some fees maybe on there, you're like, can, can kind of say, Hey, what's going on? Are you aware you ran over your checking account balance? Yeah. Uh, so find a way to, to really monitor that and track it. Okay. Yeah. Early, early tips and early practice when it comes to budgeting, right? That's right. That's those, those right. Will, those will pay off once you, uh, once you enter the professional world and having to start budget a lot more things uh, beyond right. what you are as a, as a college student. You mentioned earlier about housing. If you're not in on-campus housing and maybe you're you're renting an apartment, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what about that? Yeah, I think I think you want to know the terms of your apartment lease. A lot of those run for 12 months, even though your student may not be there the full 12 month period. So make sure you know what you're signing up for when you sign that lease. Um, also, I know a lot of places now maybe have a, a lease for each each room in an apartment. I know years ago, and it's probably still the practice in some places where you need to have a single lease for an apartment, maybe three rooms and and three roommates. Uh, Make sure you're not the only person signing on that lease, you know, and you're dependent upon two roommates that Mm. could skip out on you uh, and you're on the hook for the full lease. So I think make sure you protect yourself and and know what what lease and what your contractual agreements are. That's really good advice. Really good advice. Uh, protecting yourself by not being the only person who's at risk and being liable yeah. because you're the only name on that lease. Mm-hmm. Uh, and same, I guess, for utilities, right? So oh, if yeah. you're signing mm-hmm. on like utilities, I know a lot of apartments that probably cater to college students may come, um, you know, come with those as part of the lease. But if, if you're not, you know, make sure you're not the only one on the hook Yeah. Uh, for things like that. Yeah. Um, how about speaking of protecting yourself, uh, we we did an episode not too long ago about identity theft and fraud and and ways to to if if you have been a victim of that to get yourself out of it and ways to protect yourself against that. And I would assume that if you're if you're managing money, if you're doing transactions on your own, you're you're always susceptible to that in some way, right? Yeah. And I think especially a a younger person, they just haven't had to worry about that maybe before, but really know how to protect yourself against fraud. That would be a great one for people to go back and listen to, you know, just some of the things that you want to be aware of. And I think you're, there's maybe even more danger with some of the, the more online, you know, payment systems you're using, you know, the more vulnerable you are, you get a text to authorize something, uh, you click on that link, even though it's fraudulent, because maybe you do use that for transfers. And then all of a sudden you're hooked up with a scammer. You get a call that says, hey, I'm calling from the bank or from Zelle or from Venmo or whoever. You know, make sure before you start giving them any information, you hang up, you call a, a known phone number for that financial institution. I think just be aware of that, because this is 
this is I'm sure these college students are are a target of these scammers as we all are, but I think they're maybe a little bit more vulnerable because they're not used to having to fend those off maybe as as someone like 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 we might be where you're already used to to being aware of things like that. This may be their first experience, so that's something to let them know they they may be the target of scammers. Yeah, and I think a lot of our tips from that episode revolved around the fact that if somebody's emailing you and they appear to be from a company where you own an account and they're asking you to click on something or, or mm-hmm. provide them something in an email, chances are it's it, you need to be uh, skeptical of that. You do. Yeah. yeah. You need to Absolutely. automatically be skeptical of that. And then usually what I do in those situations is if I get that email, I will go and just go to the website myself, log into my right. rather than click something. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think there's probably a thousand Amazon scams. You know, I know I've gotten those messages that your Amazon account is locked from some weird email address that comes on your phone. And, you know, it it would just be very tempting if you're not used to that. It's the first time you've seen it. Yep. They can be sneaky. Yep. Be skeptical of those things for sure. And then um, in terms of preparing themselves for later in life, um, if you're a college student, and you have a job and you're making money right. or you saved up some money, I guess it's never too early to start saving for the long term, right? No, I think a lot of people forget. You can still do your Roth IRA if you're a college student and you got a little job. Um, as long as you have earned income, you can still fund that up to $6,500 is the limit this year. And, and what parents sometimes do is maybe they match them, right? So if a kid makes a thousand dollars, you know, in the summer, um, you know, maybe they, you can possibly talk them into putting some amount in a Roth and then you match that maybe for them. Um, important things to know is you are limited to what they earn, right? So, you know, if they only earned a thousand dollars, that's going to be their limit, but it's just a great way to get started early, which we've talked about before is just a, an awesome way to, to really kickstart the savings because of that compound interest, it really gives them an opportunity to, to grow to a much bigger amount down the road. And I think that's something, you, you know, that you can forget if they've got a little job, they're not they're not eligible maybe for the retirement plan, probably where they worked at the ice cream shop. But they could still do that on their own and, and it could make a really big difference and also an opportunity for them to learn. Right. Yeah. To really learn about saving and investing at such an early age and hopefully see see the benefits of that. Um Versus all the temptations, you know, that will be around them to to use their money for other things. I mean, oh my gosh, I can't even imagine if if a eighteen year old freshman college student was to start saving fifty dollars a month toward yeah. a retirement account. That would, yeah, I can't imagine what kind of True. a difference that would make in the long run. Yeah, um, the numbers are outrageous. Really, yep. I mean, the, the amazing thing too, it's. Amazing and and disheartening too for for older folks sometimes in that <laughs> yeah. they you know you tell a forty five year old person that what this would have done if you'd started that early it's kind of disheartening to them but you know it just is amazing at the even like small amounts saved early on what they add up to as opposed to someone yeah. who who waits um, it's just much more challenging so I think that would be just be a great you know great opportunity to get get kids started on the right foot I mean I think it's it's just, it's such an important time, you know, in their life, they're really moving toward the path to adulthood. And and I think learning to manage money properly uh, just makes such a big difference, you know, in their adult life. 
lives, you know, the choices that they'll have available to them or the limitations depending upon how they get started are just are huge. If a parent or a relative of a college student's out there listening to this, they're thinking, well, it's too late for me to take advantage of many of these things, but it's not too late for your young college students. So right. these are uh, these are great tips. And hey, we can yeah. we can revisit these next summer when you get ready to send one off to college, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. I'll try not to weep through the whole thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good stuff, Jennifer. Thank you. All right, thank you. Securities offered through Cetera Advisor Networks, LLC, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Three Magnolias Financial Advisors. Three Magnolias Financial Advisors and Cetera Advisor Networks are not affiliated. Cetera is under separate ownership from any other named entity. All information is believed to be from reliable sources. However, we make no representation as to its completeness or accuracy. All economic and performance information is historical and not indicative of future results. The market indices discussed are unmanaged. Additional risks are associated with international investing such as currency fluctuations, political and economic stability, and differences in accounting standards. The views depicted in this material are for information purposes only and not necessarily those of Cetera Advisor Networks, LLC. They should not be considered specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Neither Cetera Advisor Networks, LLC, nor any of its representatives may give legal or tax advice. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode on the Triad Podcast Network. Our mission is simple. Provide information, advice, and stories about the people and places that make the North Carolina Triad such a great place to be. You can find us by searching Triad Podcast Network on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, pretty much wherever you like to listen. If you like what you heard and want to support the show and those that contribute, we would truly appreciate a rating and review on your favorite podcast app. It helps spread the word along, as do your shares on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Triad Podcast. To get in touch with us, simply email info at triadpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. This is the Triad Podcast Network.